Welcome to Opa Podcast, episode 46. Today, it's just two of us. It's me, Jason O, along with... Vegan Bunker. And today, unfortunately, the other guys aren't here. Uh, Soup has been uh, unresponsive. Same with LaRon's. Wyatt has other items, such as school stuff he's been swamped with today. And Griffin, unfortunately, uh, messed up his schedule and is volunteering tonight. And he thought it was supposed to be tomorrow. Rip. So it's just us two. Um, so this is the last episode for... 2021 um the regular season's pretty much over we're gonna preview the bowl game but once you know this episode is done we're all busy i'm traveling everyone's traveling doing something for the holiday season so this will be the last episode for the 2021 year and for this uh season we may come back during the 2022 year to you know maybe recap the bowl game maybe discuss recruiting because recruiting uh early signing day is on the 18th and maybe spring game so we shall see but stay tuned for future episodes but let's get on to episode 46 today we are going to be discussing primarily uh the recap of the 2021 season how we feel overall how the season went along with of course any big news that came in during the past couple weeks from the gopher football team uh along with our bowl announcement and maybe some travel tips from myself and keegan and then we'll wrap up from there so to get started here um keegan I'll start off with you. How do you feel how the season went? You know, it's two weeks since Wisconsin, I would say, or at least a week. So how do you feel about that? Uh, The entire season, I was pleasantly satisfied, especially ending with the Wisconsin win. Like, being an actual student last year during COVID and watching that trash bag of a season, uh, this, I was fine with this. It like I've always if thinking back to like the Penn State game of what two years ago compared to that it's kind of disappointing of like what could have been from that season, but you know beating Wisconsin, getting an acceptable bowl game we'll get into that later I guess but yeah I'm I'm satisfied. Yeah, and for me I, so I was expecting a eight to nine win season. From the Gophers, but we're not going to be in the Big Ten West championship. Like we're not going to be the Big Ten West champions. Um, and the reason I thought that was because I wasn't so sure what's going to happen on the offensive side, especially like our wide receiver core was very young. Only one guy was comes back with the most experience, despite you know other guys having some games from the COVID year. Defense, I was very very unsure because we were like, you know, bottom barrel Big Ten defense. The year before so uh, my expectation was and i think what my expectation for pj's team moving forward is that you are like that iowa wisconsin team rallying up between eight to ten 10 wins a season and always contending for a big 10 west title that was my expectation and that was the case right you know mm-hmm. except the fact that we lost two games to bowling green and illinois which of course may pull my hair out but then of course i remember one thing about the illini game the Gophers, every three years, always lay an egg against them. And the last time we did that was 2018. So you think about it, do the math, that's three years. So technically, we'll be good for another three years against the Illini, I think. Yeah, it's like that compounded with like our Northwestern curse. Yep. So, um, but yes, for me, it was, as I expected, I'm satisfied with the way how things went. We won eight games this past season. Um, we beat Wisconsin, which is great, which... I think none of the recent coaches since the 90s have done that. 
when the axe within the last two or three years of the season, Glenn Mason never won it back. Tim Bruce never won it back. And then, of course, uh, the interim when Brewster got fired. Uh, Jerry never won it back, even though he won, say, Florida Rosedale, Governor's Victory Bell, and the Jug. Um, and, of course, Tracy Clays never got close to that during his interim and his one full season. So oh, Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, so the fact that PJ was able to do that, and especially with, with I'd say, with his players. Remember, when we, went, when we won all those t- 11 games back in um, 2019, a lot of those players was Jerry Kill's players, like Rodney Smith, Shannon mm-hmm. Brooks, uh, on the defense, Carter Coughlin, Tweezy, Anton Winfield Jr., who was looking like an All-American, or who was looking like a, uh, not All-American, but like, like a very good pro safety in the NFL level. So like a lot of it was with Jerry's players. So I was curious how things would pan out. And I'd say they're being fruitful for the Gophers. So I'd say I was very satisfied how the season, but I will take, like we discussed last podcast, if, if they went one eleven, but they won the ax, that's our Super Bowl right there. I'll take it. 100%. Yeah. It was definitely the season where like PJ, like finally had to put the money where his mouth was. And I think he did that despite the disappointments, but even then, like those disappointments with, with Bowling Green in Illinois, if we won those games, it'd be ten and two. We'd have a much different conversation right and now. Also, too, we'd be contending for. We will be. I think we may have probably been in the Big Ten championship if we had beat Illinois and just taken that loss against was against um because we had Ohio State already lost, and mm-hmm. uh, the way how Iowa went, uh, it was a coin toss of how that game went. It was a competitive game overall. Yeah. But if we won Wisconsin, I think we would have won that head to head. I think. Ah uh, yeah. But um, but you know. That's hypothetical. It didn't happen in our favor because, like, fucking Wisconsin literally blew a three-score game. Okay, Scott Frost. But uh, I digress. But I'd say it was a great season. Uh, to recap, some notes as well. Wyatt mentioned um, he was relatively satisfied. Like he was expecting a seven-win season. Laurent was, like, I think five, six wins. So I th- I'd say they were I'd – say, I'd say they're pretty satisfied with the record overall. Um, but other than that – I'd say great season, and I hope I get to hold an axe this off season. Uh, because I'm excited for that. Uh, I think I've done it twice already. Uh, when we first won it back, and I touched it too, when we were at the athletic facility when they came back from Wisconsin that night. So, um, anything else to recap from this past season? Uh, we have no business with eight wins with the depth we had to go down to. And our running backs. Yes. And t- like, and there's, there's I, I forget that there. happened. Yeah. 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 A redshirt freshman and a true freshman. Because I just, I, I was looking at recruiting stuff, Keegan. And I was looking at lat, and they took me to last year's recruiting class. And I, and Bucky was like our number two or three best recruited player in that class. And I was like, holy crap. I forgot he played for us this past season and like I- riled up 100 yard games and just like broke tackles and like juke people. I was like, oh, we're, we're okay at running back. Or we're great at running back, no matter where we are, despite transfers. So uh, kudos to PJ and his staff, too. Um, other than that, let's move on to some news before we recap of the bowl game stuff, Keegan. So uh, we discussed this last week. Remember our OC got fired? Or Yes, thankfully. Or er, not rehired. Yes. Uh, oh, this is official. We have hired a new offensive coordinator. 
It's Kirk Shiraka, our previous OC from 17 to 19. But here is the kicker. So we were set to hire him prior to the bowl announcement. But when they announced the bowl game, he is currently a uh, or prior. He is the offensive analyst for West Virginia. <laughs> Wait, what? So, I did not know this. So Kirk Shiraka, so he left in 19, after 2019, right? So 20, so the 2020 yeah. COVID year, he was with uh, Penn State to replace their offensive coordinator. He was fired after one season mm-hmm. and then was hired as an offensive assistant for Neil Brown at West Virginia uh, because they uh, Neil Brown and PJ were actually assistants to Kirk Shiraka as, when he was an OC for Rutgers many years ago. Yeah. Uh, so Neil hired him. PJ won OC back, so he rehired Kirk before the bowl announcement when the bowl game was announced oh boy apparently that was awkward so uh neil brown of the kite coach of west virginia and pj from minnesota agreed kirk would not be coaching for either team for this game oh okay that's good i thought he i thought he was going to still be with west virginia for this game no so essentially he is going to be a non-contributor to both teams so essentially he cannot leak what the gophers are good at doing and, ver- and vice versa, he cannot leak what West Virginia is good at doing on offense or in defense. So um, imagine sitting at home and watching this game next to him when he's like a little tipsy and like willing to let stuff slip. That yeah. would be like the most entertaining offensive like side of a game to watch. But also for him, so he'd be thinking like, "Oh, come on, PJ, our team can do better. Can make that play." Or if I drew it up, and then you look at West Virginia, like, "Oh, come on, guys." You can do that too. He'll be like happy for both teams, but also be pissed off at both the way how they do things. So that's gonna be that's probably gonna happen. But yes, we do have a new OC. Kirk Shiraka is back coaching uh, as a as a coach for offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. So hopefully, from what uh, Wyatt requests is that Tanner Morgan has a renaissance, <laughs> like for uh, his his final year of eligibility, yes. back with his OC. Yes. At least like for me. It, I think this is a, I think that's why we brought Kirk back because he can develop quarterbacks and tailor to their skill set, and he knows Tanner like the back of his hand. So I think Tanner will not be record breaking twenty nineteen Tanner. I will I'm gonna get that yeah. straight out of the bat, but I think he's gonna be better than twenty twenty Tanner. He'll make good decisions, good throws, put him in the best spots for the receivers to make a play or tight ends, and go from there. So I think he'll be like in between. Because remember, 2020, like this passing was like of, of, of his three seasons, this is like the middle of the pack kind of season for him. Mm-hmm. And 2019 was just like his, like, you know, his like outlier. Outlier. <laughs> so I think it'll be an in between, uh, assuming Kirk comes back. And Kirk knows we have a great running back room. We have receivers and tight ends to our disposal. And Kirk will use them to our advantage because he likes to be on the passing side, more balanced offense. So I think. He's capable of doing that, so I'm very excited on that. Um, a, we did get another transfer portal person uh, out. We lost uh, for the Gophers, a true freshman offensive lineman. Uh, he's from the Phoenix, Vegas area. Uh, I think he w- was originally committed to USC, and I think he might be in the portal to go back to his uh, previous school that he was committed to, probably, but we don't know. But that's fine. It was, again, an offensive lineman I wasn't aware about. Uh, name wise so yeah i'm not that hurt um but that, that's some quick news and oh s- side note men's basketball seven and oh until i mean knock on wood hopefully for the next 48 hours 
Yeah, they're playing. We'll see. We'll see how Michigan State <laughs> has yeah. their way with us. Yeah. So we'll, yeah, but oh, basketball. The last game I, like, tore my heart apart. Or the two games ago. I was, I was going to get tickets to that game, uh, this upcoming game, because I was like, I want to see our my seven and zero Gophers men's basketball team with essentially an entirely new team, like play against Michigan State. Yeah. But yeah, it just but didn't think, work out. But I think it might be sold out now, right? Yeah, it sold out. I was gonna weasel my way in with the pep band, but I was like, ah, I'm I'm busy. Rip. But um, but that's a side note. But now let's go on to the bowl game. So, fans, uh, great news with the eight and four Gophers will be meeting the six and six West Virginia Mountaineers in Phoenix, Arizona, um, for the guaranteed rape bowl. Um, worst name in bowl history. I will say that, uh, but it is going to be a warm climate. I think that's what matters. Get out of the cold from Minnesota. Enjoy the warmth that you're down there. It's but, the one perk. Yes. Uh, so here are some key details about this game. So uh, it's going to be airing on ESPN on, I guess, is the 28th. Yeah, December yeah. 28th. Uh, on ESPN at 9.15 p.m. Central. The late Mountain. one. Yeah. Unfortunately. So, unfortunately, it's going to be a very, very late game. Um, but that's the situation at hand. Uh, Wait, currently, but, oh. but where's West, what time zone is West Virginia in? Eastern. Imagine that. Yeah, their fans are watching at 10.15 p.m. Like, wow. I just don't understand these the people that picked this bowl game for several reasons. But yeah, continue. But yes, <laughs> uh, we'll we'll get into that a little bit later here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right now, uh, what's funny is so when the when the uh, bowl game was initially announced, actually West Virginia was favored by one and a half points um, by the betting odds, but that got corrected very very quickly. Uh, Gophers are right now favored by minus four, uh, and the over under is at forty five. Um, and just to quickly route off some stats here, uh, so this is between this is average stats versus West Virginia and the Gophers, respectively. Uh, the Mountaineers have scored twenty six point eight points per game versus the Gophers twenty six point one, but West Virginia has allowed twenty four point three points per game versus our eighteen point three. In terms of total offense, we're pretty similar at three eighty five versus three sixty. And then yards allowed on defense is 350 versus 285. So in terms of stats-wise, our teams are very similar. It's just that um, we have a top 10 defense in terms of rush defense, and the pass defense is pretty solid as well. We have an, uh, a freshman All-American now in Justin Wally. That's been announced the last couple of days. Justin Wally is now an All-American freshman. Um, and, of course, we uh, – beat very good teams in uh, Wisconsin um, as well. Uh, and of course, in, in the case of West Virginia, they beat Texas. Um, so both teams are coming in, I'd say pretty solid in terms of like matchups, but I think our Gophers will take the edge on top, even though I haven't seen much of their film and who's their opt-outs or transfers. I think our run game, oh, I think Griffin said it best. All the bowl games we played the past years, like the Detroit, Quick lane bowl against uh, Georgia Tech, the game against Auburn, uh, the year after. Those two teams of the ACC and SEC 
never expected our run game to be that way. Like a like a hard pound the ball kind of run game. And I think West Virginia's gonna get a taste of that. Because like they, they they have film, but it's not the same as being there in person to play against that, that opponent. So I think our run game is gonna eat up the clock. Uh get get those yards. And with Matt Simon being the acting offensive coordinator for this game, expect the tight ends and the receivers to get in on it too. If we can't, uh, if we like say we're at third, third and short, like third and two, third and three, or third and five, expect our pass catchers to do their thing as well. So for me, I think the Gophers will take the win, and uh, I'm going to say they're going to go 28 and 21, score wise. So it's going to be a close game, but I think the run game will eke it out, kind of like we did with Auburn. I am definitely excited for this game. Like looking at both schedules, like both team schedules, like we're kind of similar stories in different books. Like team that has a decent resume, but then just had random, just getting whooped by teams that they shouldn't have. Yeah, like they lost to Maryland, who we whooped, and then they beat number twenty-two at the time, Iowa State, and then they're beating it up in like a a re-rising Texas team as well. Yeah. And then, because it's similar to us, like, we, like, give Ohio State a run for its money, um, similar to Iowa, beat Wisconsin, and then 30, like, just blackout Colorado, but then lose to Bowling Green. So, I think, essentially, even just almost on resume alone, which is, like, I hate that sentence, but I'm confident in Minnesota, and also, like, what you said with the run game, um... I think I would predict this game. Let's say twenty four twenty one. I'm gonna go with the spread. All right, awesome. So, okay, let's get into this conversation. That's essentially the thorn in this conversation. Um, even though we're excited about the bowl, it's gonna be a great bowl in terms of weather. You can get it's a Phoenix is a nice area, guys. Don't get me wrong; it's a nice area. It's just the bowl name is not great honestly but a lot of fans on twitter myself and keegan included were not happy at how things shook uh, shook out so let me actually pull up uh the big 10 bowl game uh announcements okay michigan who is currently number two is obviously going to the playoff they're playing against number three georgia obviously they're going to a playoff bowl game Cool. So then that leaves eight others left. Ohio State got the Rose Bowl bid. I was expecting Iowa, honestly, but I guess I'm wrong. And then good, good pick, solid, solid choice. Next up is the Peach Bowl, where Michigan State will face off against Pittsburgh. Again, another great pick. Michigan State had a great season. They won, um, I think 10, 10 11 games. I think no, ten years. They lost to. Uh, Ohio State, I think, in another team. But uh, Michigan and Purdue, my bad, Purdue. Um, so Michigan State, get, it's getting a well-deserved bowl after being either non-bowl eligible or only getting six and six seasons the past few years. So kudos to them. Uh, next is Citrus Bowl. Is Iowa versus Kentucky. Um, makes sense. They have 10 wins on their resume. Uh, Outback Bowl, where we went to in 2019. Seven and five Penn State got that bid. Um, from there, the uh, Las Vegas Bowl is Wisconsin versus Arizona State. 
Then uh, the Music City Bowl is Purdue versus Tennessee. And just so you know, Tennessee, uh, not Tennessee, Purdue was there back in 2018 where they got schlacked by Auburn uh, by like a lot of points. And then um, Pinstripe Bowl, Maryland is going to New York, which I'm okay with because Pinstripe is cold and their uh, committee has been bad to bands. Um, especially using bathrooms to change like normal oh, public I've heard about that. Um, and of course we're the last bowl game uh, which is you could say technically is the lower lowest tier it's guaranteed rate bowl uh, we're not uh, we, we get, uh, since we didn't have any other bowl eligible teams Quick Lane Bowl was moved to another conference uh, to take your bid but um, so to that a lot of girlfriends felt spited like we have a very late kickoff game uh, we're playing at a baseball field turned football field at Chase Field in Arizona. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of fans weren't happy. And I want to start with this. And I had to take a deep breath back and go for And the Daily Gopher actually came through with this article, Keegan. So I'll share this. Actually, let me share my screen um, quickly here. I apologize to our fans if you can't see this. But it's a crucial read. So, oh, cool. It's on this. Do you see it, Keegan? I do. Okay. Some details. So, uh, particularly that gray box that they have. So, while most conferences will continue to assign bowl contracts a selection number after all the spots in the CFP and other BCS-type bowls are filled, the Big Ten will adopt a tiered system for its postseason tie-ins. Bowls likely will be played in an upper tier, a middle tier, and a bottom tier, and the Big Ten will work with bowl officials to place teams in games. The goal to freshen up the bowl landscape. Um, it seems is that saying that's what will be done or what has been done. What has been done, um, I think. So, um, I'll I'll try to link the article on their YouTube and on our SoundCloud descriptions here, but um. This general rule actually helped the Gophers in the past, particularly uh, Daily Gopher mentioned it here. So when um, the Gophers, let's see, back in 2015, so that season where we the Gophers went 8-4, and four, and we won back Floyd, Jug, and Victory Bell, that's one season, and beat Nebraska and did not win the Axe, um, the Gophers would not have played against Missouri at the um, Citrus Bowl that year. Like an mm-hmm. A4 Gopher team would never have gone there without that rule. Um, same with, uh, I think there was another bowl mentioned, but that's just an example. But unfortunately, uh, with the way how the current season shaped out to be, and also I think the key thing not described in that, Big Ten also considers uh, fan bases, like who travels in proximity-wise as well. And a lot of people don't know, but I believe I have to reconfirm this, but I believe it's between 10 to about 25,000 people from Minnesota that's currently residing in the Phoenix, Tucson area. So assuming they are Gopher fans, uh, which I don't believe 25, there's 25,000 Gopher fans, but yeah, (laughs) we'll see. I assume a reasonable number is from the Minneapolis, Minnesota area who follows the Gophers. 
And I think since they reside in the Phoenix and Tucson area, they're going to show up to that game because like, oh, they're traveling down to this area or those that are in L.A., Vegas or in San Diego. They're they're at least a six hour drive or if not a one hour flight from those cities. So essentially, it's I think in the end, it's favoring the fan base, actually, for those locally living in the West Coast, but also um, it's a warmer weather. So um, and, and unfortunately, I get it is a lower tiered bowl, but I made my peace with it. I was mad on Sunday, <laughs> but I made my peace. It's it, things went the way it did, but um, yeah, it it makes sense to me, but I'm so angry because so like the Music City Bowl makes sense. Like they grabbed Tennessee for a packed stadium, and then okay, Purdue's a, that's relatively close. Pinstripe Bowl, no one's gonna go to that game, so you invite Maryland, the clo- one of the closest Big Ten teams that checks out. And then I, I, I like believe their numbers on like the 20,000 Minnesotans in the state, but pre um, Fleck, Minnesotans were not gopher fans unless you went to the school and were in the marching band or knew someone in a sport once you graduated. Like Minnesotans did not care about the gophers pre 2016. Like I grew up playing like football in a metro. Uh, suburb and none of us talked about go for football and we could see um the um skyscrapers from Minneapolis from our high school football field like so I really think they misjudged the whole like go for fans in the Minnesota population and I am not expecting a high turnout for this bowl game or as high as they think it's going to be yeah I am I understand but I'm angry yeah <laughs> That sums it up for me. And I think the thing that irked me the most was that, and this is my issue with the bowl games in general, why is it only ESPN and their sub-channels right. airing all the bowl games? Like, I get ESPN has a large network, but, like, what will those who watch on Fox or CBS? Like, I get maybe Fox yeah. and CBS are playing the NFL stuff on, like, since the, with the, with the, uh, football, like the college football season winding down. They're like, you know, all doing more of those Saturday playoff games, right? Or the regular or Thursday night, Monday night games. But a thing I hate so much like ESPN essentially is dictating the football schedule or the game schedules. Mm-hmm. And like say, hey, what happened? Hey, I don't mind. Like I can watch a guaranteed rate bowl on this monitor on my computer right here on my TV. And the other one I can watch, say, uh, Armed Forces Bowl or Quick Lane Bowl on Fox. Like, I'm okay with that, but mm-hmm. I think it's just a money grab or a very political, like bureaucratic football system with ESPN, ESPN two, and maybe ESPN U dictating everything in the schedule. So that's what has me irked is that ESPN is giving us a nine fifteen p.m. Central kickoff, and of course, I think I don't know how West Virginia fans feel about it. Y'all are getting a ten fifteen p.m. kickoff Eastern yeah. time absurd and i know, like i will i will say that i think west virginia fans will travel because they're they are a great fan base despite them being mm-hmm. a uh you know i don't i don't mean to judge you this way west west virginia and your fans but you guys are haven't been that relevant since like the uh when pat mcafee was on your team back then like with uh i've got oh, coach rodriguez 
Rich Rodriguez was your head coach at the time. Like they haven't been the same since the Big East days, um, unfortunately. So I think their fan base has always been very great. So I think they would travel well. That's odd. Mm-hmm. That's an obvious sign. Of course, I don't know if they're willing. I don't know if they're willing to pay the cost for that. But yeah, that's the only. Thing I, I know you're, a lot of people are irked about like we're getting a lower two bowl despite how the record says we beat Wisconsin in the end. But what I'm irked about is why the timing with ESPN, man. <laughs> I'm. You've heard about the bar stool bowl, right? They're like streaming a bowl. Oh, they are. Yeah, they have streaming rights to it, and it's really fun. I have to find the tweet. But one of the writers for the Athletic, um, like, I don't know the guy, but based off his Twitter profile picture, like, a class boomer, and he like tweeted um something like, oh, imagine not be able to watch a game on TV, and everyone like 28 and younger is like, this is amazing. Like the writing is on the wall for the death of televised only football, and, and I am so excited because that's the that's like the one thread that is hanging so many so many millennials on to their cable subscriptions is live sports and if i was a betting man i'd bet on the majority of bowl games being streamed not through a cable provider in the next 20 years and i am so excited for that and i'm really looking forward to to just seeing this happen with the bar stool this year i have youtube tv you only pay 60 dollars to 75 dollars a month you get all the sports which is, in, which is in the ballpark of a cable subscription. You get YouTube. all the channels <laughs> plus other features. Or if you have Hulu TV, you could get Disney Plus. How much is Hulu TV? Because like, I consider YouTube a cable subscription because it's like 70 bucks. Yeah. Well, how much is Hulu TV? I think they're the same cost. But, um, oh, okay. But I will straight say this, though. Um, YouTube TV has been strong-armed as you say, more towards a cable company oh, yeah. because by region locks. Like, for mm-hmm. example, I was in Chicago watching the Vikings game, and whenever I had a switch borders, it tells me, oh, we know you switched location. Are you okay switching the location? I'm like, yes, it's only temporary. Let me watch my dang game. But, right. yes, no, I think that may be the next course to go, and I think ESPN, you know, your days are numbered. Also, I hate some of the people on your staff. Besides... Dan Orlovsky, I like him. Stephen A. Smith, I like I like him too. Uh, and the Manning cast for Monday Night Football, pretty solid. Oh, can I can I go on a two minute rant? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> so I was watching the Manning cast with this last game. That and this is off topic, obviously, because it's an NFL game. But pretty good def- uh, defensive game. But yet they had two Hall of Fame QBs trying to discuss a defensive standoff football game, and it irked me, and I hated it. Oh, okay. I could go on for hours about the obsession of the offensive side of the ball with comp with like modern uh like football fans. And it makes me angry because you're missing half the game. There are three people on the other side of the ball on defense doing the same mental calculus on the same level that the QB is doing. But no one talks about it. Okay, I'm done. Oh no, that was me when uh I remember I was so happy they brought in Pat McAfee to talk about kicking, punting and kickoffs. I'm like Right? Yes. Yes. There's so much happening in the game, and people only talk about wide receivers, running backs, and QBs, like, and maybe a tight end. Yeah. Unfortunately, and I don't think Pat McAfee's been back for a while. Um, and no, and and I think Michael Strahan may have been on one, but like not this game though. But yeah, unfortunately, 
I do like the Mannings. I will say they're they're great hosts, but it's just like very entertaining. Come on, guys, you can do better. I think they'll learn from it. They always do. Um, but yeah, but we digress. But back to the bowl conversation. So, um, I say it it is what it is. Some of us are still unhappy. Um, but I'd say it's it's a bowl, and I think it's good rewarding in this case for the football team. They're good to go to a warm climate, and I think PJ was like, "Can we fly out now?" So we can get them acclimated to like the Phoenix weather and climate, get them uh, ready to go. Um, I'm excited because all of us on the crew here are go for uh, go for marching band alumni. You know, kudos to them. They've been playing in cold weather for the for the end of, towards the end of fall and the beginning of winter. So get to see them go down and march in warm weather, and just have a blast in the sun. You know, I'm excited for them and hopefully some of uh, uh, maybe myself or some of our close friends that are photographers videographers may get to go and support them as well uh, in that capacity uh and for I, I i have to say this too our cheerleaders and dance team if they are planning to go to you know warm weather can't hurt too so i'd say for the uh people who participate in the game day environment football team marching band spirit squad and any other support staff, go and have a blast in Phoenix. It's, it's a great city, great weather. Just enjoy it. Um, and actually, he I think that's perfect segue into travel tips with Opa Podcast because you know we like to travel, either be to football games or for life in general. So, um, and I'll get this out. Let's get it out of the way first. Tickets are not cheap, especially for this time of year. Uh, looking at the math, you're paying between at minimum 480 bucks, depending on the day you fly out, to over a grand round trip. There's no wiggle room. It's insane. Yeah, there's no wiggle room around it. That's the nature. Uh, if you want to go the cheapest route possible, uh, you can go to skyscanner.com. Uh, that's my big website. It compares the a uh, bunch of airlines, such as the big ones like Delta, United, American Airlines. Plus, uh, Spirit Airlines, Frontier, Allegiant, and Sun Country, which are more budget-oriented airlines. So, check out Skyscanner.com and find the best price for your departure. And don't be picky with what airport you fly in and out of. If you can be able to fly into any of the airports in Phoenix, or if you want to, Tucson. Tucson's only a two-hour drive from Tucson to Phoenix, roughly. Consider that. Or... If you're looking at, hey, I want to have a, actually, let's go to Vegas and have fun. Go to L.A. or San Diego. They're, they're, again, they're they're less than six to seven hours drive from those major cities. So you want to go have fun, you know, watch the bowl game. They come back and celebrate New Year's in one of those cities. That's an option, too. So I'd say consider, like, the bright side. Like, you know, you're in the West Coast. You're in close proximity or maybe take a one hour and an hour, hour and a half flight. To those cities too because they can be pretty cheap so uh, in terms of flights not great but if i suggest anything uh also separately besides skyscanner.com go to southwest.com because southwest would not allow any website like you know expedia or them to post uh southwest's ticket prices so if you're a big southwest fan double check their website if they have any flights between the dates you want to fly out to the bowl game um, that's key as well. So skyscanner.com and southwest.com for flights. Um, 
for the people like me who love to gather credit card points like through Delta or through Chase or American Express, redeem your points because uh, that can save a lot of cost for you or use those points to pay off your checked or carry-on luggage if they do charge you for it. So do keep that in mind. But flights is between $480 to a grand. So be, be mindful. Don't overpay for it. I'd say take the $600 or less for airfare. For hotels, don't freak out about that. Hotels are pretty affordable in the Phoenix area as well. Car rentals, again, pretty affordable uh, as long as you're in the Phoenix area or Tucson area. Um, tickets for the game are between 50 to 360 bucks on Vivid Seats or if you want to uh, get it directly from gophersports.com or from the Gopher ticket office. Um, anything I'm missing here, Keegan, or any advice on the travel? Uh, I think I have three. This feels like the type of game where you can buy a nosebleed and then sneak your way down. I feel like it's going to be that kind of way, mm-hmm. at least in like the corners for sure. Um, Ubers are ridiculous in holidays and bowl seasons. It will You will probably save money renting a car from the airport for your entire stay. And then if you do that, get the heck out of the city for a day. Like, you're in Phoenix. Like, go on a hike. Like, that place is... Then that state's beautiful. Very beautiful. Um, What else? Um, I... If you don't have a kid, I don't think you need a check bag. Like, I've never had a check bag. So, like, learn to just live lightly and pack lightly. Yep. And I will say this, too. Uh, a lot of hotels may offer... Uh, complimentary laundry services or coin laundry in their own facilities or um, pack light and then just bring that uh, those items back again it's, it's probably gonna be a short trip so go and enjoy it i again i know we earlier you just heard us talk about how the downsides of how we got selected this bowl and how, how we got snubbed but it's gonna be a great trip guys phoenix is a great area i've heard many positive things from friends and family who've gone the same as keegan if you're a very outdoorsy person, go on a hike, check out the area, or just road trip, go towards maybe San Diego, LA, Vegas, or go the opposite way towards the Texas area. Um, you have options in Phoenix uh, to travel. And again, of course, prices ain't great, but that's the reality of traveling between the Christmas uh, holiday season towards New Year. It's going to be pricey no matter what you do. But uh, set, uh, so I'd say, TLDR, set reasonable expectations of what you want to pay for the trip. When you do go, enjoy the heck out of it. And like Keegan said, rent, don't take an Uber or Lyft because they're hella pricey. Or if Phoenix has good public transportation and you're okay with that, take that as well. We love Uh, buses. Yes, we love buses or trains. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, of course, visit outside the area. Again, Tucson's very nice as well. Phoenix is nice. Go uh, or hop to go to la san diego or vegas they're less than seven hours away um uh and you know go enjoy the trip and if you're a student traveling double check on what uh, student packages are being provided it could be very handy as well um and same with uh if you're just a general fan and you're going for say two days and you're looking for lodgings uh food included uh, some of the uh, gopher uh sponsored parties or tailgates um, those are available at gophersports.com as well. But go and enjoy the trip. 
And if you want any further advice, do put it in the comments on YouTube or hit us up on Facebook at our page and we'll try our best to give our best advice. But again, a few notes, go enjoy the trip, enjoy the weather down there, skyscanner.com or southwest.com for your flights. Uh, rent, don't use Uber or Lyft because uh, also you got to pay tip. I will note that. Um, public transportation, if available, do take that. Um, pack light, carry on luggage if, you, if you're not bringing any kids. Um, and overall, just enjoy the Phoenix area. And we're excited about this opportunity for the Gophers to pay us for the first time against the West Virginia Mountaineers as well. So we're, we're excited for the postseason and coming up. But other than that, uh, I think this might be a wrap for the podcast, Keegan. Anything else before we go off the air or anything Anything else you want to go on a tangent or discuss? Oh, there's so many tangents. <laughs> I don't know. Excited to be here. Came in as a guest host like three weeks ago. Stuck around on the Discord. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, how did it feel to see Iowa get schlacked by Michigan? Oh, I knew that was going to happen, and I loved every second of it because that – Iowa thinks that they're a top four team. They just have like two studs on defense that have saved their butts every game. So that was that was wonderful. Yep, it was it was it was a great game to watch. Alabama beating Georgia in the SEC championship game. Um, I really hoped I wanted Georgia to win because my it was unrealistic. But my dream scenario was uh, Georgia, Michigan, Notre Dame, and Cincy. Oh. And then Notre Dame wins the whole thing. And then a brain fart, what's his nuts, doesn't get a ring, even though his team won the natty. Brian Kelly. Yeah, that was my, like, dream scenario. It was not going to happen. But yeah. that was, that was the, the hope. Yeah. But things went the way they went. But it's going to be a, a great postseason. We're going to enjoy it. I'm sure we're going to enjoy the heck out of it in the next few weeks here. Um, the Vikings are being trash, as usual. Uh, but yeah, that other than bad. that, other than that, I think that's a wrap for 2021. I think. Awesome. Well, for all of our listeners and viewers, thank you so much for listening to episode uh, 46 of Opa Podcast. This is again the last episode for the 2021 year. Uh, we may be back again, uh, probably in 2022, to recap the bowl game and maybe discuss other things. But if not, we'll see you. Uh, next year for the 2022 regular season if you don't happen to catch us and uh you know have a great holiday season and please take care of yourselves in the upcoming new year all right but again i'm one of your hosts jason o along with egan bunker and we'll see y'all next time and uh have a great time everyone see ya bye